Okay, I'm going to read some verses from Psalm 134, and then I'm going to spill over into the first three verses then of 135 as well. 134 and into 135. Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing his name, or sing to his name, for it is pleasant. Both those psalms are a call to come and to worship the Lord. Remember that two weeks ago I shared um, from what were my um, summing up then of the devotions that I'd been sending out on the uh, book of Psalms uh, and I summed up with those four points expressing to us that from the Psalms we should have learnt four things in particular and I could have made a much longer list but these were the four things I felt were important uh, and the first one was the importance of the Word of God and two weeks ago I shared on that of the importance of the Word of God and then the second one uh, was the, the wonder of God's providential care for mankind both in the natural and in the spiritual and we've learned a little bit of that this morning when we think of the 10,000 reasons why we can give thanks to the Lord our God because he does bless us he blesses us in the natural he blesses us in the physical he blesses us in the spiritual day after day moment by moment God's providential care is there for each and every one of us and we're not going to consider we're not going to look on that thought anymore but just as we perhaps read a couple of the verses it says how precious to me are your thoughts O God how vast is the sum of them if I would count them they are more than the sand I awake and I am still with you the thoughts of God towards each one of us which he expresses in his blessings towards us are more in number than the sand what a great God in his providential care for you and for me and then the third one was and again we're not going to look at this one any further other than the fact to stress the importance of it the importance of the walk of the man and woman who lives for God just to sum it up quite simply if we claim to know Jesus as our Lord and our Savior we should be we must be different to those we mix with every day we don't do what they do we don't say what they say we don't act like they act we don't go to some of the places that they go to because we've been called out we've been called to live separated and as holy vessels for the Lord Jesus Christ and Psalm 1 is a good example blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the Lord or in the way of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night Psalm 26 but as for me I will walk in my 
integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground in the great assembly. I will bless you. Psalm 86 verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I might walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. And we could go to so so many other scriptures. But this morning, I want to concentrate, linking it with what I brought two weeks ago, about the importance of the Word of God and the importance of, of us coming together to come around the Word of God. And I want to link that this morning Uh, And again, this has come out so much in what Billy has said as he's been leading us this morning. The fourth fourth thought or point is the importance of worship in the community of God's people. And there in the scriptures that I've read this morning, the call is there in Psalm 134, verse 1. Come. In other words, it's a call to come to somewhere. And for us this morning, it is a call to come from our homes, come from where we live, come and come to the house of the Lord and come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord, come and to lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. And why do we do it? Because the Lord is good. We've heard it so many times that Psalm has been, because he's faithful. Because he's wonderful and it is worthy of our praise. So praise the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, where? Who stand in the house of the Lord. And so my emphasis this morning is to stress the importance of worship in the community of God's people when we come together. So we find, uh, as I share what I want to share, that not only is the word important, and we need to be coming together to come around God's word, but so also should worship be important in and amongst the community of God's people. And we who are born again are God's community. We are his people. Therefore, worship should be importance amongst us. A couple of the psalms that I highlighted in that devotion at the time was Psalm 90 verse 5 and verse 6 that says, O come, again it's the call to come, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. And then Psalm 100 and verses 1 to 5 which I made reference to on uh, Friday evening. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. And here is the word again. Come. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. And why? For the Lord is good. The Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So in sharing this point this morning, I'm sharing it in the context of the importance of the people of God coming together. And on this occasion, 
coming together as gathered church to worship the Lord. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20 says this, Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's just that little phrase in there that says, addressing one another. Can I suggest this morning, in the context of that scripture, we can only address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs when we are together. When we are together. And we need to be together. Again, with reference to two weeks ago, standing on the rock and not on a soapbox, if you, you were here, you will know what I'm saying. Our coming together to worship the Lord should be regular. Let me say it again. Our coming together to worship the Lord should be regular. It should be as important, if not more important, than anything else that we schedule each week in our diaries. That's how important I believe our coming together to worship the Lord is. It should be more important than anything else that we schedule each week in our diaries. And to make the same point that I mentioned last time, you know that I'm one, I use a pencil all the time. I write my notes in pencil before I type anything out and it gets a little bit on Ian's nerves because he said you can't read it properly. But I, I'm a pencil addict. Uh, I need to go to get counselling for it. <laughs> but when it comes to writing in our diaries, Sunday morning at 10.30 should not be pencilled in because that's too easy to rub out. It should be inked in, every single one of us, for every Sunday morning. For we should long for the courts of the Lord. We should have desire to meet in fellowship with one another and to worship the Lord together. So we could ask the question this morning, why is worship important? And I could throw the question out uh, and you could come back to me with lots and lots of different answers. And I began to pencil them in before I typed them out. And I've just got a little list here and this little list, it doesn't cover it all, but why is worship important? Well, in, in, not in necessarily any order either. It helps us to focus on God and not on our circumstances. I wonder how many times your circumstances have been getting you down and yet when you've come into the house of the Lord and began to worship the Lord in your focus on God, suddenly your circumstances don't bother you anymore. So worship is important because it helps us to focus on God and not on our circumstances. It helps us to prioritize on God and not on ourselves. It helps us to appreciate who God is and what we have become because of his grace. It helps us to appreciate who God is and what he has done or what he is doing. Worship enables us to draw near to God and know that as a result of us drawing near to God, he's drawing near 
to us. Worship helps us to be emptied of self and to be filled more with the presence and the power of God. Worship at times helps us to be silenced and still and to listen for the voice of God. And worship helps us to take our eyes off the world around us which is doing its best to distract us and to divert us and to set our eyes on the one who alone is worthy. And we can fix our eyes on so much. And if we're not careful, it will distract us. And we need to regularly come to that place of worship where we fix again our eyes on God and upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And worship is important because God is God. It's as simple as that. Worship is important because God is God. He not only deserves our worship, but he rightly demands it. He says to the children of Israel, you shall have no other gods beside me. And we need to challenge our own hearts here and ask what is it that we're allowing in our lives to be more important than God and are spending time with him, both alone and with the congregation of his people. Have we built up gods? Have we built up idols? Have we built up things which are taking our attention and our time away from serving and worshipping the true and the living God? And worship is important because it is really what the whole purpose of man is all about. To bring glory to God. Not just through our right behaviour, not through our right morality or our right living, but from the very praise of our heart that seeks to worship the Lord and is expressed through our lips as we seek to give him all the honour and all the glory that is due to his wonderful name. So every aspect of our lives, every moment of every day, should be to live for the glory and praise of God. But particularly so as we come and worship him in the beauty of holiness. We come, as I said, to be emptied of ourselves and to be filled with more of him. We come to lose ourselves, to be found in him. We come to surrender our hearts, to be totally surrendered to him as Lord of all. And we come to worship because he has loved us with an everlasting love and has given himself for us as both our Saviour and our Lord. And returning to the Psalms, we are all familiar with them. And after going through the devotions, we should be even more familiar with them. But the problem is this, or perhaps the challenge is this this morning. Are we so familiar with them, and yet we're not living them out in our experience? We know what they say. We can memorize them. We, we can recite them. We can quote them. But we're not living them out in our experience. The Psalms have become head knowledge rather than having a heart that is working out the timeless principles which should be a part and parcel of our living for God. Psalm 96 in verses 8 to 9 says this, 
Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Now you remember that two weeks ago, I, I told you that as I was meditating and preparing these thoughts, that in some strange way, and I believe it was God leading me, guiding me, the Holy Spirit took me to the book of Malachi. And so I shared something of that uh, two weeks ago. And uh, I want to share something from Malachi again, linked to this thought. And in the area of worship, this is what I want to challenge us with this morning. It is this. We must ask ourselves, is the worship I give to the Lord acceptable before him? And is it sufficient? It's a good challenge, isn't it? Is the worship that I bring before the Lord acceptable before him and sufficient? If you look in the book of Malachi, you find that one of the problems there was that the sacrifices and the offerings that they were bringing before the Lord, they thought they were doing okay. But God says it's not good enough. I'm rejecting it. I can't accept it. Now, as I looked through Malachi, I read through it, and again with my pencil, I began to write down what I will call the headliners that grabbed my attention. And there are eight that I've put down, which could be given this heading, the faithlessness of the people of God. What a contrast, because this morning, Billy has been emphasizing the faithfulness of God. But here, it's the faithfulness of the people of God. What a contrast. And these are the eight things. They were giving substandard sacrifices. They failed to give honor to the name of the Lord. They failed to listen or to heed the instruction of the Lord through his servant. They had become unfaithful by turning to foreign gods. They were twisting their understanding of good and evil. They were robbing God. They failed to see that God controlled the eternal destiny of men and women. And lastly, they questioned God. Eight things. But thankfully, and I've mentioned this a couple of times just recently, thankfully, amongst the faithlessness of the people of God, there were a remnant who were faithful. Still faithful. And as I was preparing this part of a look back over the Psalms and linking it into Malachi, we can see how quickly men and women can turn away from a place of wholehearted commitment to God to a place of slackness, even to a place of backsliding. backsliding. They can go from hot to cold or just lukewarmness as we recall concerning the church at Laodicea. And Malachi paints a picture like this. It paints a picture of a nation that can move from a place of righteousness and commitment to God 
to becoming a nation that is anti-God and sin-ridden. Wow, that's a picture of our nation, isn't it? And I'm going to be touching a little bit on that this evening. It speaks also or paints a picture of a company of God's people can move from a place of spiritual awakening and blessing to a place of dearth and deadness. But it also speaks of how an individual, notice from a nation to a company of God's people to an individual. An individual can move away from God and from the place of total surrender and first love that they had to a place of complacency and a lack of zeal towards the things of God. And they end up with just a religious experience rather than a genuine experience. They've moved from spiritual zeal to spiritual apathy. And God comes to us the same way that he came to the children of Israel back then. To remind every one of us this morning that he loves us immensely. He loves you immensely. He loves you immensely. He loves me immensely. And because he loves us immensely, he wants us to respond by loving him back with all of our hearts. And by showing him we are truly and honestly committed to him and to his ways. And one aspect of loving God back is to be found in the place of worship on a Sunday morning when the doors are open and we come into this place to worship the Lord. And this is one of the areas that God challenged the folk back in Malachi about coming to the temple to worship the Lord. I believe as God's servant in this place this morning, this is what God is calling me to challenge everyone this morning to. The importance of being found here especially on a Sunday morning when we come to worship the Lord and making it a priority in our lives. But I'm going to add, we should come when the doors are open at other times as well. This is what God says to them in Malachi 1, 6-8. says, A son honours his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father... Where is my honour? Where is my honour? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? Well, it's by offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? Well, this is why. By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show favour? Says the Lord of hosts. Those verses are so challenging when you actually stop and read them. And see, what is God saying to us today out of those verses? And I sum it up this way. 
God is saying here today, therefore making it applicable to us, what, what, what they gave was substandard. What they gave was below par. In fact, what they gave was an insult to God. If you say you love me, why do you, ne why do you neglect to come and bring a proper sacrifice of praise and worship? Why do you cheat me out of worship and praise by not turning up when the doors of the house of God are open? Try acting the same way toward the governor. And today that would be, try acting the same way towards your employer as you do towards me and see how well he will accept it. And we show contempt toward God by our lack of fervency and commitment and, and we are like the children of Israel. We still expect him to bless us. We still expect him to bless us. Try showing the same contempt towards your employer and see how he responds. Go into the workplace with lack of fervency. Go into the workplace with lack of commitment. Go into the workplace half-hearted. Would your employer accept it? No. But the second question is, would we act that way? I trust not. Because I know that when I was in the secular work, I would never have acted that way at all. So the question then God would say is then, why do we act so differently toward God? Why? Why do we act so differently toward God? He rightly deserves first place. See, as far as the workplace is concerned, we turn up. We turn up. As far as the workplace is concerned, we show up on time. We're never late. As far as the workplace is concerned, we work well. We show respect. We act with diligence. We don't cheat him out of our time. And we fulfill our contractual contractual obligations and God says what about giving the same honour and respect to me see with our employers we have entered a contract with them but with God we have entered into a covenant relationship that's more important a covenant relationship and Malachi 1.14 says cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and vows it, and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemish. In other words, the Lord would say to us today, how can we expect God to bless us if we are cheating him out of our best? And it all stems back to verse 6, that says that as God's children, we should honour God as our Father, we honour him as a good father. We honour him as a loving father. We honour him as a, a caring father. We honour him as a benevolent father. We honour him as a righteous father who is faithful in all his ways. Therefore, it demands that we're faithful back to him in all our ways. It's interesting that in verse 10, God speaks about the doors of the temple being shut as a result of the contempt, honour and lack of commitment shown towards him. Wow. Wouldn't it be awful 
if the indifference that we have towards God led eventually to the doors of this temple being shut. Serious. It's serious. It was bad enough to have to shut during the pandemic. It would be awful to have to shut if we ended up in a society such as seen in communist states where gathering as believers is banned. But it would be terrible to have to shut because we cannot be bothered to turn up when the doors are open. God says, I'm a father that has loved you. I've given myself for you. I bless you and I bless you and I bless you time and time again. Why don't you come back and worship me? Praise me and give you thanks. I deserve it. And yet, you give me substandard sacrifice and offering. May we take encouragement from the word of God in what we have gleaned from the psalm, psalms and the challenge I've just brought from Malachi and ensure, and this is a plea from my heart, a real plea from my heart. And as I said two weeks ago, I believe it's not only a plea from my heart, I believe it's a plea from the heart of God because I believe that he's placed this into me to bring and to share to us as a fellowship that we ensure that we make every effort to come together with God's family to worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. To bring to him the sacrifice of praise that he so rightly deserves and to make sure we give to him the very best that we can bring. He's our God. He's our God. Just think for a moment of what he's done for you. What he's given for you. What he's doing for you. What he's giving you. What he's yet going to do for you and yet going to give you how dare we come with blemished sacrifices we need to come with hearts that are 100% wholly committed to him so that the doors of this place remain open and as people see us coming in not a dribble but a flow of people a flood of people coming in something will cause them to realise there must be something in that place there must be Let's go. Let's find out. Surely we can't expect them to come if we don't bother to turn up ourselves.